From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Carl Gallops is here for the full two hours. His new book, The Summoning, Preparing for the Coming Days of Noah. Carlos Kajina is my technical producer. Ryan White is my live stream producer on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Please hit the red sub button. We're inching closer to 25,000 subscribers. A couple of updates before we get going. I'll be hosting Coast to Coast AM Friday, April the 9th and Saturday, April the 10th. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. All right. Is our world actually reeling toward the prescient days of Noah, those days of unparalleled global turmoil, as foretold by Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke? Are we really on the brink of a universal shaking, as a number of today's prophecy watchers are warning? Carl Gallops is the longtime senior pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Florida. He's the author of the bestseller Magic Man in the Sky. Additionally, he's a conference leader, evangelist, Christian media icon. He's one of the founders of video teaching material to the world-famous P.P. Simmons YouTube ministry and biblical apologetics channel. He's a graduate of Florida State University and the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and he's the author of, I'm going to say, almost a dozen books, Amazon bestsellers. His latest, The Summoning, Preparing for the Coming Days of Noah. Carl, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you, man? (laughs) Richard, I'm doing great. It's my honor to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So your previous books, and I mentioned Gods and Thrones, Gods of Ground Zero, Gods of the Final Kingdom, Masquerade, it feels like you're preparing your readers, you're laying the groundwork, each volume sort of builds upon the previous, although they each stand on their own, you don't need to read them sequentially, but it's like things are ratcheting up, you're ramping up, we're heading almost to this denouement. It's as if you're saying we are now in the midst of these birth pains of the end of ages. Do I have that right? Well, yes, actually, we are living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. And and I can prove that. That's not just some grandiose statement that I'm making. But before I do that, let me just say, yes, you're right about the books. You've nailed it. There's 11 out. I've got another one coming out this fall, but the summoning is the 11th and the most recent and is just going crazy around the world. The people that stock them continually sell out. It has really struck a chord with people because the world is just crazy, and, and it always has been. But now the world is different, like at no other time. These unprecedented times of massive technological exploits, information communication systems that just a few years ago would have been considered science fiction. I mean, literally just a few years ago, 24-7 communicating around the world with little handheld devices, five-year-olds walking around with them all over the world. And because of that, the world is now beginning to speak with one voice. The governments are speaking with one voice. We saw that during the COVID crisis. We're still in the middle of that, and we're listening to so many governments using the same mantras and the same marching order. So there's a lot of that that's happening. And so I want your audience to know, some of them know me and many of them probably don't, but 
I've been a pastor in one church, a preacher, teacher, investigator of the word, and an author for 34 years in one church. Prior to that, I spent 10 years in Florida law enforcement, two different sheriff's offices under three different sheriffs as a patrol officer, and in one of them even doing my own criminal investigation. So I've got a lot of life experience and a lot of experience in investigating the Word of God as well, and I approach it kind of like a criminal investigator. I, when I write these books and I put this information in there, it's for primarily God's people. But even if you have listeners tonight who would say, well, I'm not a believer and all that, that's okay. That's okay. My heart is with you. I mean, I've been there. So I write for you as well without being preachy and without being pushy. That's not my nature. I just lay the evidence out, the facts out there. I'm like a criminal investigator. I look for witnesses. I look for video evidence. I look for fingerprints. I look for DNA. I look for the forensics. I pull them together and I make my case. And just like in criminal investigations, not every case is 100% soundproof 100% of the time. I don't claim to be that guy, but I do claim that what I'm putting in these books, I'm not pulling it out of my back pocket. It's not out of my head of fantasy land. It's from years and years, decades and decades of this kind of mentality of researching it and collecting the evidence and double checking and blind checking and then preaching and teaching and putting them in books and basically having them peer reviewed, if you will, before the entire world. Um, right. I do a lot of TV and radio and have for a decade. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to, you're right. I'm trying to prepare the church for the times we're living in and maybe what's around the corner, Richard. Well, your, your previous book, Masquerade, was written before <laughs> COVID. Oh. Oh, it was written yeah. before COVID, but the figure on the front cover, Satan, you know, the uh, we're talking yeah. about the greatest con job. Satan, he's wearing a mask. And that was uh, not your decision. That was the publisher's no. decision. But again, how prophetic because it was written before COVID and went to print just as COVID was starting to happen. And here is the central figure in the book, Satan wearing this mask. How prophetic. And many of us look at COVID and think this is prophetic. But you you also write that we're always living in prophetic times, yeah. but often we don't really notice. What do you mean? Yeah, listen, you, you've brought up two amazing things there about the prophetic nature of that book, but I'm going to answer your second one first. And then if you don't mind, I would love to get back to what happened with that book and what's happening with the summoning. Both of them, I believe, and many who read the books believe that God is using me prophetically. I've never claimed to be a prophet. You know, the prophets have already spoken, but I'm a preacher, teacher, investigator of the word. I put out there what I see happening in the world, what I see the word of God saying. And then by the time they go to print, the stuff that I was saying in my books is around the corner. It's already happening, and people are reading. So how did you know this? And I didn't know it, but God did, obviously. Listen, here's the prophetic nature of our times. Everything is ramping up, Richard. Everything is speeding up. And according to God's word, and I prove this in the summoning again, I, I'm only going to say this one more time, otherwise I'll be saying it all night long. Again, I prove it by backing it up with profuse scholarship, ancient scholarship, classical scholarship, and modern scholarship. So I don't just hone in on one or two scholars and whatever they say is what I put in the book. No, I, I go through the whole gamut, word studies, etc. But it's not written at a professorial 
simple level. It's written for the man and the woman in the pew or on the street, just anybody that likes to read and wants to know what's going on. And the point I'm trying to make and and to answer your question is, yes, ever since the return of Israel, and that is God's stop clock, like it or not, some people say, I don't want to talk about Israel. Well, but here's the deal. God's word says over and over in the Old Testament and the New Testament that this is the starting clock, the stopwatch. This is the sign, God's words, the sign to the nations. This will be my sign to the nations, says the Lord, that I am God. And and the context of all of those is, and that you are living in the times before the return of the Lord, the last days. Now, I want your audience to know I am not a date setter, and you know that, Richard. We've known each other forever. I don't just make up sensational stuff, but a lot of what I say is sensational because God's word is sensational. The times we're living in is they are sensational. And so just 73 years ago, in a couple of weeks, 73 years ago, the nation of Israel was born. So now think of this, Richard, 73 years ago. Now that was before my time of birth and before your time of birth, but not by too many years, relatively speaking. So all you and I have grown up with is Israel in the Middle East. But just prior to our birth, There was no Israel for 2,800 years, yet the Word of God said, and I'm going to paraphrase all of these prophecies, in the last days before the return of the Lord, I will bring back Israel to the land, and it will be my sign to the nations that I am God, this is my Word, and beside me there is no real God, no creator, it is me, and this will be a sign that we're in the very last days. Well, brother, That's our generation. For 2,800 years, that was not there. And then just before our births, it happened. Now think of this. When it happened, here was the technology of the world. Three major networks, black and white, that we received in our homes, if we were lucky enough to have a good antenna connection. That was our technology. Radio, three black and white channels. And the information we got about the birth of Israel was days old by the time we shot the film, got the film developed, got it back by airplane or ship or however you know they could do it, airplane mainly, and then was developed into grainy black and white and then finally shown to the world. Well, my gosh, look what has happened in 73 years regarding technology. It's too ubiquitous for me to even go down the list. But just think of the information communication technologies. Think of the internet and all of the technology that's involved with that. And now we're going to quantum computing. I mean, it's going to change again hugely just in a few years. But on top of that, just transportation technologies in the last 73 years are just through the roof. Not only that, but medical technologies, biological technology, scientific technologies. Let me ask you, though, Carl, had we not been in the midst of COVID, everything that you're saying is still happening. So even without COVID, would you still be writing the summoning, preparing for for the days of Noah? Oh, yes. And before COVID, listen, you nailed it a minute ago. This is why I want to get back to this. The book Masquerade. See, Masquerade and Summoning, they were released only 11 months apart. Now, they were written further apart than that, but the problem was the story I'm going to tell about Masquerade, it wound up that they were released, they actually were released then only 11 months apart. But here's the thing. You just asked me, would I be writing about this if it wasn't for COVID? Of course. I mean, I just, in fact, I say in the summoning, and you've read a bunch of it, you know, I make it clear, COVID's not really the deal here. It's everything that's come out of it. Right, the response. Um, you know, 
Yeah, the response is so prophetic. It has burst forth a double handful right off the pages of Scripture prophecy. And we can get into that later, and I think we're going to take calls later on, and some of your your callers may have questions about this. But back to this. So you asked a good question, a fair question. Would I be writing about this if COVID had never come along? Well, I have been for years. I've been preaching it, teaching it, preaching in prophecy conferences, uh, kind of warning or forewarning, if you will, that these things were going to happen. Now, let me give this example. I know some of your readers are going to think, I don't know, that's too surreal. That didn't happen. Well, I've got the evidence for it. I'm published by a major publisher. They can all testify what I'm getting ready to say is true. They went through it with me. And that is this. I wrote the book Masquerade in early 2019. Now, think of the timeline here. And I was writing, I was using that passage of Scripture that speaks of, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that says, even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And I took that as the jumping off point for just what you said, proving to the church primarily, but to the world, that we're living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. It's unfolding at lightning speed before us, just like Daniel said in one of his prophecies, the end will come like a flood, and it's happening. And so I was writing about that. I came up with the title. Rarely do the titles I come up with are the ones that stick, you know, because the publisher is a major publisher, and they get to kind of choose the title. But I came up with the title Masquerade, and I convinced the publisher. I said, look, this is a good title because it comes right from the Scripture. The subtitle was Preparing for the Greatest Con Job in History. Now, the publisher came up with that because the underlying theme of the whole book is the greatest con job in history is the coming Antichrist system and its control of governments, and watch this, and of the churches worldwide, governments worldwide, control of the churches and God's people, an attack launched against the churches and God's people. That's all in the Word of God, and there's way more detail than that, but I'm just trying to hurry up and get to the point. And so I was writing the book, Masquerade, preparing for the greatest con job in history. All right, that's the theme, proving what you just asked me. Would I be writing about this if it wasn't for COVID? Well, I did. I put it in the book Masquerade, and there was no COVID, at least anything we knew about. And then I had to turn it in by summer of 2019. Now, remember, still no COVID. Then they started working on the cover. Then they we finalized the title, and of course we did all the editing back and forth, everything it takes to get a good book out there by a good publisher, and then it was supposed to be released in fall of 2019. Now remember, still no COVID. But I don't remember exactly in that case what happened, but something happened with the printers, the the printing companies, not the publishers, but the printers they use, that it had to be delayed. I can't remember exactly what it was. And the publisher called me and said, Carl, I hate to tell you this, man. I know you've been advertising and ramping up for the fall, but it's going to have to be released in the first quarter of 2020. We just can't get it out in time. And I was disappointed, but look, I've got a great publisher, and I've published a lot of books with them, and I said, look, I trust you, no problem. We'll just go on. So I waited and waited. All right, now we round the corner to 2020. And of course, that's when we start hearing COVID, COVID, something out of China is what they were saying. Donald Trump and that administration, and they were saying, you know, well, the New York Times, because the leftists in America hated Donald Trump. So the New York Times, the Washington Post, even Dr. Fauci, Nancy Pelosi, they all said, ah, Trump's crazy. Nothing to this. It's just a, a hyped up flu. If you want to go on a cruise, you can go on a cruise. Fauci said that all the way into March. Pelosi said, you want to go to Chinatown? Go to China. 
Chinatown. Come to China. Don't be a racist. Don't be a xenophobe. New York Times said the worst thing we got to worry about is the flu. We've already got 60,000 people dead. Washington Post, same thing. This is nothing more than a bad flu. Okay. Well, my book was supposed to be released in mid-March. So we're marching along. No, no pun intended there. Excuse me. But mm. we're marching along towards March. And I'm going about my normal life of pastoring, and I'm traveling, I'm doing TV and prophecy conferences. And of course, COVID is raging, and none of us really know it, you know, because of all of the political game playing. Trump's out there screaming and hollering and begging to shut the borders down to stop this thing. The right. left People is, forget that. People forget yeah. that he was the one that wanted to take action, and they were the one downplaying it. And then later they tried to turn that around and oh, say yeah. he downplayed it, but that's another story. Oh, yeah. No, it is. So I'm just giving the background because when I finally dropped the bomb on what happened with this, your audience is going to, you know, would have other otherwise said, I don't believe that, but just listen to the foundation here. So we're moving along. Now it gets to mid-March, and that's when the talking point of the left around the world, governments of the world, began to change so that by the time we hit late March, we were beginning to hear these rumblings of, you know, everybody's got a shelter in place. We got to mask up. We got to social distance. We got to, you know, demand the closure of, of all things, churches. You heard very little about closing down other religious institutions. There was some, of course, but I mean, it was, you know, basically the churches, the Christians, the churches, and you can't sing and you can't meet and go to live stream. And if you do meet, just a certain limited number and put marks on the floor to separate everybody. I mean, it was crazy. And everybody was up in arms, you know, when stores were closing. And then we had this whole thing about essential businesses and non-essential. And then the Supreme Court in America even ruled through a Nevada ruling that, look, churches were not essential, but casinos were. I mean, the, the Supreme Court literally ruled that, trashed the First Amendment and basically said churches cannot operate, but casinos can. And liquor stores. And liquor stores and restaurants. But anyway, in the midst of all that craziness erupting, guess what happened? My book was released. And I had really forgotten all about it because the world's going crazy. I'm still traveling everywhere. I'm working on another book. I knew it was coming out, but I had shoved it to the back of my mind. It comes out. The publisher says, Carl, the book is released. It's in all the stores. It's already going crazy. And let me remind you, go look at the cover and look at the title. And it's a picture with a man, and you can tell it's basically Satan looking like a man, which is, you know, he's masquerading as a human or even as an angel of light. It's a picture of a man with a mask on his face. Right, and the right. subtitle is The Greatest Con Job in History. And that's what, of course, people that were pushing back against all this COVID hype, and I mean, COVID's real, but there's a lot of hype and weaponization that went on with it around the world, and particularly in America, particularly particularly aimed at the coming election in 2020. Carl, i got to take a break here. Just okay. pardon the interruption. We'll yep. uh, pick yep. up on this when we come back. Carl Gallup's The Summoning. All right. We will uh, be back in a moment. Don't go away. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We're back with Carl Gallup's. Carl, we were talking about the release of your previous book, Masquerade, yeah. again, written and actually sort of, uh, well, written before COVID. And uh, so now it's March. Everyone's talking about COVID. We're in lockdown. The book is now in bookstores. And the artwork on the front cover is Satan in human form 
wearing a mask. A mask. Yes, yes. And Richard, you know, the title is Masquerade. And think about it. You look at the world. Now, listen, I'm not judging people that have to wear masks or want to wear masks. That's not the point of this. And when I speak of churches being closed all over the world, and we'll talk about that in a moment, I don't judge pastors or churches or Christians or denominations. I mean, there were some that I believe didn't need to close, didn't have to close. For example, I live in Florida, and there was never an order to close the churches, but almost all of them closed anyway. Our church never did, and there's a miracle story I can share with your uh, with your audience about that. But but the point is, the all around the world, it looked like a global masquerade. I mean, everybody in the world, pretty much, billions of people were masked up. Billions of people were talking about what, what they believed all of this was a con job. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, the, the weaponization of it, locking people down, turning uh, prisoners out of prisons, but uh, taking law-abiding working citizens and making them stay home, basically imprisoning them in their own home. People were livid about it. And so right in the middle of all of that comes a book called Masquerade, preparing for the greatest con job in history. A lot of people thought when they saw it, they said, ah, this is just some guy capitalizing on the, 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 this, these bad times. He saw, he saw this and just quickly threw together a book and put a cute little cover. But once people started reading it, and they looked at the print date, 2019, <laughs> of you know, or the, the 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 copyright date. They freaked out because not only did it have all that, but guess what else it said? In the book, there are five or six chapters where I go to great lengths to show that the scriptures actually predict that in the days before the return of the Lord, that. This global antichrist spirit speaking through the governments of the world will seek to close the churches down around the world. That was in my book. I wrote it in 2019. It releases in the middle. Picture of a man with a mask, greatest con job in history. And, and part of it is talking about how the, the, the governments of the world are going to basically conspire, whether they knew it or not, but Satan right, knew right. it, uh, to, to close the churches. And for the first time since the birth of the church, 2,000 years ago, the church was born on Pentecost. And for the first time since that, never before has this happened, we're all over the globe. With one voice, the government said, close the churches. Never has that happened in the and, year and 2020. Also, Pentecost, Pentecost, and of course, last year also, during uh, the resurrection uh, service. Oh, of course. Which, yeah. as you point out, I mean, in terms of uh, if, if, if there's a more significant day that sort of marks when, you know, uh, death, where is thy victory? Where is thy sting, right? Yes. Uh, Christ beats death. He beats Satan. So yes. the it, the idea of, of the Antichrist system closing down the church on that day of all days. Yes, for the first time in history. And and listen, just in case you have listeners that are saying, well, you know, the, the cross didn't defeat Satan. The resurrection didn't defeat Satan because look, look, it's been 2,000 years. And look, but here's the thing. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Bible is very clearly says, with the Lord, 
where there's just life and the dimension of the realm of glory, paradise, life. It, it, a, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. There is no time with God. He is, he was, he ever more shall be. He was before time. He will be after time. And so when we think 2,000 years, here's the illustration I give when people are, are prone to say, well, you know, that, you say he defeated Satan, but it sure doesn't look like it. Here's what's happening. And the Bible says this. Now, it doesn't use the illustration I'm going to use. I'm going to use a sports analogy. I'm thinking of American football, but we can think of uh, European football or whatever you want. Uh, but but uh, use, use, use in your own mind the sport you wish. But I think of it like, look, you got this game that started back at the Garden of Eden, if you will, or the flood. And of course, this is no game. This is death and corruption. But, but let's compare it to a game. And, and, and so it goes on. Well, it finally gets to the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter comes this thing, this crucifixion and resurrection scene that's declared to be the death. Now, that would, that would extrapolate to our metaphor of we're now in the fourth quarter. We're down to two minutes to play, and we're on the side that has already scored 47 points. And the other team has scored seven points. And the clock's winding down. Okay, so the game is still being played. People are still being hit. Uh, people are still being tackled. People are still getting hurt. Uh, and the game is still being played. And everybody's fighting for yardage. But the bottom line is the team that we're on has 47 points. And there's two minutes to play. It doesn't matter how hard the other side fights. They have already lost the game, and they know it. But they're playing for keeps, and they're playing for blood. And so they're out for blood, and they're playing hard. And that's what we're watching. Revelation 12.12 says it like this. In the last days, woe unto you, earth, because Satan has been thrown down to you, and he is filled with rage and fury because now he knows his time is short. There's the sports analogy of a football game. That's what's happening, Richard. Yes, Jesus was de- was uh, won. Satan was defeated at the cross and at the resurrection. Resurrection Sunday is the Sunday that has been singing out for two thousand years. Satan is defeated. The game is over. Jesus declared it. It is finished. And so in 2020, and I say that in the summoning, I start the summoning off. We've been talking about masquerade, but the latest book, I I start off by saying, look, for 10 years, I've been preaching in prophecy conferences. I've been on TV. I've been on radio, even on your show, Richard. I don't know if you remember, but I've been saying to, to audiences everywhere for 10 years, something's getting ready to snap. I can't put my finger on it. I don't claim to be a prophet, but something's getting ready to snap that's going to affect the whole world. We're going to live to see it. It's going to, it's going to jettison other prophe- prophecies into existence. We're going to witness it. And 2020, I believe it happened. And again, it's not just COVID. We've had uh, pandemics before. We'll have more. I think COVID was Satan's test run for a lot of things. How easy can we shut the church down? How easy can we get pastors and Christians to run? How easy can we get governments to speak with one accord? How easy can we mask up the whole world? How easy can it be that we can do atrocities like letting prisoners out, but taking working people and making them lose their jobs, sticking them in their homes and ruining their lives. How easy can we get away with this? It was a test run. Uh, Governments acquiesce because of the power, but the demonic drive behind it 
is exactly what the Bible prophesied. And okay, so that's, let's let, let's talk a, a bit about the the persecution of of Christians, and oh, even yeah. the United Nations has acknowledged that Christianity is the most persecuted religion right now. But yes. if if I'm a, a a Muslim or a Jew or a Hindu uh, or a Buddhist, um, I'm saying, well, listen, you know, our our temples and mosques were shut down just. You know, yes. just the same as churches. So, if this is the Antichrist system at work here, and they're and again they're trying to, they're 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 taking aim at at, at uh, Christ, then why why allow why close down the the mosques and the and the temples as well? Right. We're not, in other words, the Antichrist system is not singling out Christians. Right. I, and I address that in the book. That's a good, fair question. And as I try to do with all my books, I try to be good and fair and <laughs> about everything. And so the answer is this. And some of it I have to speculate, but and I will be clear about that. But But a lot of it is just right there in the Word of God. So the answer to the question is this. There is going to be, like I said in Masquerade, a time, and we've already seen the test run for it, where it will basically be outlawed to be a Christian or to meet as a Christian. Now, we've seen, we've seen little microcosms of that down through history. The Roman Empire, the church had to go underground. They literally met in the catacombs underground. Whenever they were caught, they were thrown to the lions. They were killed. They were persecuted. We see it now in North Korea and China and Asia, uh, the, the, the most, a lot of the Muslim nations, this gr- driving of the church underground. So, so your question is a good one. It, it comes to COVID, and then we see this worldwide push, you know, shut down they very rarely said shut down the religious institutions. Almost always they said shut down the churches. But you're right. Most of the laws were aimed at all religious organizations and religious gatherings. Well, it kind of had to be. I mean, if this is the test run, you can't just come out and say, okay, we're against all Christians. Everybody else is free. It would have been a global uprising overnight, a global war. But rather... It was a test run to see what would happen. But here's the other statistical fact. Christianity, and I'm making air quotes because not everybody that says they're a Christian is a born-again, you know, blood-bought believer. I mean, Jesus said that in Matthew 7. Not everybody that just says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But let's just speak of Christianity as a whole. Protestants, Catholics, everything in between, everybody that names the name of Christ as, as Savior. Christianity is the largest faith system in the world. Billions and billions and billions of people will tell you that they are Christians, that they're not Muslims, they're not Jews, they're not Hindu, they're not Buddhist, they're not atheists, they're not agnostics. Now, I'm not coming on this show to disparage anybody's faith system. I'm just speaking statistically and historically here. Of course, I'm a Christian, and so I obviously believe that that is the way, the truth, the life through Jesus Christ. But again, I'm not disparaging anybody else. I'm just speaking Carl, truthfully. I got to jump in here. Just pardon the interruption. We'll take another time out. We'll come back and we'll pick okay. up on that point. Okay. Carl Gallup's The Summoning, preparing for the days of Noah. Right here on The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Carl Gallup's The Summoning. So we were talking about the persecution of the church uh, during COVID, closing churches for the first time in 2,000 years on the the resurrection service and Pentecost and so forth. And it looks like it may happen again. Uh, You know, we're just uh, less than a week away from... um, uh, 
uh, Good Friday and and the resurrection service and uh, and then for Orthodox Christians it'll be a few weeks later. But so anyway, continue on with your point. We were talking yeah. about yeah. you were talking about the the number of Christians uh, being in the billions around the world. Yes, and of course I I, I want to repeat I am not here to disparage any faith group. Uh, if I disparage anybody, it'll be Christians as a whole. <laughs> but 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 the but you asked a very fair question again. You know, well you say Carl, you know that you're shutting down the church, but look, it was uh, all religious institutions, religious gatherings. You know, right? Look but, how Cuomo, but, look how uh, Governor Cuomo was treating Orthodox Jews in New York. It was disgraceful. Oh yes, I know. And and uh, it, but here's the thing. For students of the Bible, know that in the last days before the return of the Lord, and again, I'm not a date setter. I just know what the word says, and I know what's happening in the world, unprecedented events. But it says, and I'm paraphrasing, but that 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 Satan and the Antichrist system will attack Israel, the people of Israel, uh, Jerusalem particularly. There's going to be a huge war, according to the Bible, that's, or, or armies uh, gathering up to come against Israel and Jerusalem. So the Jews, uh, of course, and then, of course, God's people, Christians. The Revelation 12 says, and, and Satan went off to make war against those who hold to the testimony of Jesus in the last days. And then the next verse, it says, and then the dragon, which is Satan, it says in Revelation 12, it says, gave his power to the beast. And then you're in Revelation 13, which is the whole Antichrist system that comes in the last days. So this this aiming of Satan's power and influence over the governments of the world, the kings of the world, and the Bible talks about that, um, was aimed at religious institutions. But you're talking about Judaism and Christianity, the largest faith system in the world, which is exactly what the book of Revelation says that Satan is going to take his sights on. Now, of course, uh, 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 other faith systems came into play. But look, in the United States alone, I, I mean, and, and in other places of the world, in Canada and the United States, I mean, you, you didn't hear much about Muslim imams being put in jail. Again, not disparaging Islam or Muslim imams, but you didn't hear much about it. You didn't hear much about rabbis going to jail or entire well, congregation. You, you write the, the, the headlines, and you, you reproduce some of those in the book, especially from the New yes. York Times, was talking about Christian Christian churches and evangelicals uh, being yeah, anti-science and yeah. being super spreaders. Yes, uh, and and yes. um, and then the other the, by and contrasting that with the way that they were reporting on the uh, the, the the rioting uh, Antifa and BLM riots, by contrast they said that they were actually these riots were healthy and yes. that they were perhaps because they were keeping people indoors they were afraid that they yeah. were they were preventing the spread. Yes. So the rioters, looters, and burners were heroes because they were causing so much fear that they were keeping people inside, which was preventing the spread. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, 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 the logic there just defies explanation other than demonic. And, and so, you know, but yet if you dared, if a preacher dared, look at California, they put preachers in jail or fined them or took property away. Look at the pastor in Florida, Rodney Howard Brown down in Tampa, man, they snatched him up and there wasn't even a, a mandate from the, in fact, the governor had to step in after a few weeks and say, look, I'm not closing churches. And so the state attorney had to drop charges on the pastor that they had arrested and taken to jail. Well, and we had, put we up had on one charges. thrown in jail up here in Alberta. Oh, yeah, I know. 
I know. That's why I'm saying Canada and the United States, especially, I can speak with a little bit of legitimacy to. I don't know about all over the world. I mean, I, anecdotally, I read stories from all over the world. But the point is, there's just no denying that even though you know the the orders and the edicts would say you know all religious organizations and meetings blah 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 yeah oh oh okay okay but look where most of the absolute hellish accusations and attacks were directed at Jews and synagogues and Christians and churches particularly evangelicals but catholic as well and 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 you know the church of england and all that it was directed at those calling themselves Christians and Jews now Again, I'm just saying that's the, that was the final statistical outcome. I know technically and legally it was aimed at all religious organizations, but like you say in my book, I document the headlines. The headlines are atrocious that came out, watch this, from all over the world. Look, there were Muslim nations and Muslim periodicals and Muslim uh, news sources in the Middle East, especially, and over North Africa and, and, and up into the Stan nations, into Asia, that were absolutely targeting Christian churches, and they were saying, you are the super spreaders. In fact, some of them said, even went so far to say, you started the whole COVID came from you, and I've got that documented. So it was just surreal. And and I'm and all I'm saying is again I'm not disparaging any any other person's faith group. I'm not targeting them. I'm saying we were targeted, and and the Word of God said that would happen. I don't know that this is that. In other words, I think that what we're watching is just a dry run. I think it's a, a beginning run. Uh, I think the worst is yet to come. And I'm not trying to be negative or, or you know, uh, 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 you know, the sky is falling kind of person. I just know what the Word of God says. I've watched something surreal and unprecedented happen. I felt it coming for several years, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Boom, it's here. And we're, and we're not out of it yet, brother. It's still no, going. No. I got to take a time out here, Carl. Yep. This yep. was a short segment. We'll come back and discuss yep. further. Carl Gallup's the summoning, preparing for the final or for the days of Noah. We'll find out what that means exactly as well. Stay with us. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is the Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Carl, you draw a parallel between uh, the, the persecution of Christians in the church during uh, COVID. As you mentioned, a number of countries, they, they basically blamed uh, the, uh, the pandemic on, on the Christians in their country. And you, you, you parallel that with what was happening in Rome during the time of Nero, not only with the fire, the great fire that Nero blamed on Christians, but, but there was another plague happening around that time that, that, that was also blamed on Christians. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I took it right out of the annals of history, and and actually, I credited another author who did that research and wrote a, a whole book about those things, the response of the church uh, to plagues and pandemics in, in the first couple, several centuries of the church, and he wrote it before COVID. Uh, you know, so so, but I quoted from him, and the bottom line is, yeah, I mean, the church has always lived through earthquakes and rebellions and riots and wars and 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 lions dens and fiery furnaces and pandemics and plagues and and so you know what has been that response? Well, it's had to adjust. I mean, you you can't just you know tiptoe through the tulips and pretend like nothing's going on. We have to kind of accommodate the culture without compromising the word. 
of God. And by and large, down through the last 2,000 years of church history, globally speaking, the church has done that. Um, you, you know, let's take our brothers and sisters in China uh, and, and just speak of this. I mean, by and large, the real church is underground in China. It's a microcosm. It's a, it's a, it's a duplicate almost of the Roman Empire. Um, I've got good friends that preach and teach in the underground churches, and they communicate with me about how close they came. They're in basements and, you know, in closed office buildings at night, and they have to, you know, sneak around the city and take different cars and shake the police off of them just to get into a, a darkened room. And maybe if they get into a basement and turn the lights on with another hundred or so believers in worship, and if they get caught, they lose everything. They go to jail. Some of them disappear forever. Uh, some of their businesses are seized. Um, but, but that's, so it, that's been going on, but the church down through history has never just acquiesced to a government demand and closed its doors and, and said, okay, just tell us what to do next. And if we go back to church, tell us if we're allowed to sing, tell us if we're allowed to breathe without a mask, tell us if we're allowed to get closer than six feet to our brothers and sisters and touch them and pray with them. I mean, you know, tell us how many we can have in our sanctuaries. That's never happened before. Now I do, I think I speak of this in, in, in my book, but if not, I've spoken to it a lot on, on, in media. And that is some have asked me, well, what about the 1918 Spanish flu. By the way, we're not supposed to call it the China virus, but we can still call it the Spanish flu. Anyway, right. uh, <laughs> anyway. noted. and the variants, we can name, we can name the country name for the all, variants. Yeah, the right. UK variants and the all South the African stuff. variant. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, we almost digressed there, brother. But the bottom line is I did a lot of research in the 1918 uh, Spanish flu outbreak in the, in the United States. And yes, there were some states, governors who asked churches to please cooperate and close down temporarily, um, and they didn't have limits and singing and how many and masking and social distancing. And the most I could find after doing a lot of research, there were a couple of states where the churches shut down for two months. Prior to that, it was more like two, three, four, five weeks. Um, by, by and large, even back then, they understood that an upper respiratory virus, which is what coronavirus is, and I know that it's not the same as the flu. It's like on steroids, if you will, but, but, but it's going to run its course. It's going to run through the population, or as the scientists call it, the herd. I, I, I take uh, umbrage at that. I don't like being called an animal. We're not part of a herd, but that's what they call it, herd immunity. A virus is going to do that. A mask doesn't stop a virus. Uh, you know, Sheltering in place doesn't stop a virus. Closing everything down doesn't stop a virus. It's, a virus is going to do what it's going to do. You can protect the weak. You can protect the vulnerable. You can develop medications, and yes, sometimes even vaccines. But the point is, Spanish flu did not do what some of the people on the far left are, are saying that, you know, wanted to kind of weaponize this whole thing and shut everything down. Oh, they, they delighted with glee in shutting the churches down and putting preachers in jail in America with the First Amendment. I mean, mm -hmm. the only nation in the world that just sacrosanctly. Well, you had churches where the, the National Guard showed up. You talk about this yes. in the book. The National yes. Guard showed up because because the congregants had volunteered to be tested. Yes. There were there was one church I think there was twenty four people that tested positive no hospitalizations nobody on ICU no one was even sick because as we know a positive test and a PCR test is is, is often a false positive uh, but they volunteered to be tested twenty four of them and then and then the National Guard shows up at the church 
Yes, that the church actually had a testing center, you know, trying to be, quote, good citizens and cooperate with the government. Well, yeah, like Ronald Reagan said, that's the last words you want to hear. Hi, we're from the government, and we're here to help you. You know, that is, that's just not true. And so here's a, here's a church. I think it was in Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky. Yes. I don't do you remember? I it's think in my it was. I think it was in Virginia. Okay, yeah, it's it's in my book, and it's all documented. Everything is documented with mainstream sources, not not back channel conspiracy sites, but it's it's good stuff. And 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 I get them from multiple sources before I put it in my book. So so that happened, and and it was a governor, and and so they this church met and they volunteered and they tested and they said, wow, we had like twenty four people's you know that tested positive. They reported it. The governor rolled the national guard on them. I mean, I mean, this poor little church is just saying, yeah, we're going to be good citizens. Nobody was sick. Nobody was on respirators. Nobody was dying, but it was just, it was horrendous calling the national guard on a church of volunteer congregants while cities were burning and cops were being shot at and killed and businesses were being looted and the national guard was denied entry by the governors of those states. I mean, this is the kind of madness and the hypocrisy and the duplicity that that I'm speaking of that just speaks of the chaos of the last days, the Bible does, truth being thrown to the ground, lawlessness prevailing, depravity of mind, people losing their minds, controlling the church, targeting the the Christian church, targeting the Jews, targeting the nation of Israel. I mean, all of this is in the Word of God and so much more that started bursting to fruition as soon as we turn the corner to 2020. And then, of we course, have, in America, the whole thing was weaponized against the 2020 election. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. Go ahead. Right, right. We have a couple, a couple minutes here before the top of the hour, and I wanted, to, I wanted to start talking about the Antichrist system as it pertains to the Great Reset. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and some of the things that you point out in the book and how, you know, we again, COVID is real, the pandemic is real, uh, but it, it is the idea that never let a good crisis go to waste. Exactly. And so... It, what are the agendas that are sort of piggybacking on COVID? And, of course, the globalists are wringing their hands with delight because this is an opportunity. And they've said as much. They've said, they here is an opportunity. So yep. let's talk about some of the uh, the plans that they, they have. You talk about um, what are they called? Digital dots. Do you remember yep. that? Digital dots. To, to, yep. to basically to mark people. Talk about yeah, tracers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tracers. Talk to yep. me a little bit about that. Okay, yeah. So you talk about the Great Reset. Now, most of your listeners, especially those that listen to you often, they, they know what we're talking about. But just because we're picking up new folks, let me just say this. The Great Reset is the name, the moniker given to this, uh, this, uh, this ideology, ideology of, of – a global government. Now, this has been around for a long time. I mean, and it has really found its way into global, what we would call global institutions like the United Nations, and there are so many more. Uh, and they're all kind of in the same bed together. But in the midst of this, some of the leadership of this movement from around the world working through these other global institutions have presented themselves. They've got a website. You just just put it in one of the search engines, The Great Reset, and it'll take you right to the website. You look at the video. It's like watching a Hollywood-made horror movie end-of-times thriller, the a trailer. It's unbelievable. I watched it, and I said, oh, my gosh, just 10 years ago, this would be science fiction, and they're presenting it as truth. 
In other words, this is where the world is headed, and we're going to be the captains of the ship. We're the ones steering it, and they literally say on their website, COVID-19 presents a unique opportunity for the Great Reset. And they talk about a global banking system, a global government system that can control, you know, this COVID pandemic. What they mean is these 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 draconian measures of closing down businesses and small businesses and churches and jailing people that refuse to wear a mask and on and on. They're talking about an organization, a government organization that literally will have the power and the voice to speak to all of the governments of the world and that all of the governments of the world will get on one page to quote, fight COVID. You know, it's for the children, you know. I mean, I mean, right, over the right. years, this is the kind of stuff they do. It's for the children. It's for the puppy dogs. It's, it's for your health. It's for all these butterflies and, and daffodils and unicorns, you know. And that's how they present it. But when you read the fine print, well, it's not even fine print. It's on the front page. They're literally telling us, we're going to trace everybody. We're going to mark everybody. We're going to control the money. We're going to tr- control the governments, and we're going to use COVID to do it. We'll pick up on the other side. We'll talk yep. about quantum dots to uh, encode yep. your vaccine history and and uh, other things, coronavirus immunity certificates, and much more. Carl Gallup stays with us. Stay tuned for hour two. 